The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you so much for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And today I'm delighted to welcome Janice Parviainen, who has authored a book, Courage to Love Yourself, as well as leading workshops and has a set of CDs and a worksheets and a, an actual program to assist us in having the courage to love ourselves. So, Janice, welcome to the show. Thank you, Peter, and congratulations on mastering my last name. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need a bit of assistance on that one, but uh, it's, it's, it's my absolute pleasure. Now, Janice, when we have people on the show awakening to conscious co-creation, I'm always interested to find out how each person had their own awakening. So just uh, give us a little bit of your background and, and what led you to this this work that you're doing now? Well, um, my first life as a medical scientist, and I, I went into that because I wanted to lessen suffering on the planet, and being um, gifted in maths and sciences, the only thing I could think of was, well, you go into healthcare. So I did that, and I, uh, through that I ran into the gift of uh, personality profiling, which I found... Once I realized that, I, I felt there was more suffering on this planet from people not understanding personality type than any physical ailment. So I um, left healthcare and started consulting globally and teaching people how to basically love themselves, but you don't say that corporately, Peter. Uh, I basically started working with corporate teams, teaching grown-ups how to get along at a corporate level. Um, and I found out they honestly do want to get along, and the tool of uh, personality profiling tools really helped them. They could use these tools as an objective way of looking at themselves and looking at others and realizing that majority of the time their conflicts were not personal. They were personality-based and uh, by doing this work, it was amazing. I see the personality, almost if the human was a, a tree, the personality would be the very outer bark um, of, of the human. And um, when they had an objective tool to kind of look at their bark or look at their you know, personality, they'd say, gee, is this really my bark? You know, is this mine or is this how I've adopted? And I don't know if I like it. And I'm old enough now to stop blaming everybody else for what I am or what I'm not. So 
you know, can you help me figure out who I really am? And uh, so by working corporately with a personality, with personality tools, I've really helped a lot of people on the journey kind of inward to figure out their authenticity to regain their connection to who and what they really are. So I've been doing that for 17 years and uh, have been asked frequently to write a book on all of the tools that uh, I created just to get people to look at their, you know, giving them other options. Uh, One way I look at the book is it's almost like a a picnic blanket that you put down on a a beautiful green meadow and you put a picnic blanket down, it's yellow and white gingham, and you put all these little dishes down and uh, the people are all huddled over in the corner in the group mind and one by one the group mind doesn't fit and they wander over to the picnic blanket and I say, you know, taste this idea and what do you think of this one? And if you, you know, sample it and if you don't like it you can spit it out but spit it out behind the bushes you know (laughs) and that's what the book is it's just all the tools and um little theories that i i knew in my place of knowing um ideas and so i present them in a way in the book it's you know certain ideas with a bit of kind of theory behind them then a personal story and then courageous questions which are probing questions to just check in to see if maybe you are, you know, a prisoner of this belief that's no longer working for you. And so that's kind of been the journey and the reception um, of the book. And, you know, when you do have a message to get out there, I really believe it needs to be written. It also needs to be audio because people, some people don't prefer to read or they don't have the time. They drive a lot, so they like it on their, you know, um, car as they drive, and um, very important with a is a deck of divining cards that really lead people um, to find a way to walk hand in hand with the divine and get a message to reflect on for the day. And all of these uh, messages are directly from the book. It's interesting you mentioned about uh, providing the audio and the and the visual to the CDs and, and the book because when I was researching obviously for this show. I was I was listening to the uh, CDs and then following that reading the, the book and mm. uh, and I have a fairly mixed learning style of, of audio and visual so it really it, it really worked well for me to to listen first and then see and because I'm also bodily kinesthetic I'm fairly balanced yeah um, the movement between the two really anchors it in into the system uh, so again, for pe- one of the issues that you do discuss in your in your program in, is all about different learning styles that people have, and for those people who don't understand that, it can be incredibly frustrating uh, when they don't know how they best learn. So just talk about that a little bit. Well, uh, one thing I learned um, was about the multiple intelligences theory by Howard Gardner, and having raised uh, three of uh, our own children and two foster children, it was so important for me to learn, you know, my kind of stew of intelligences, yet it was vitally important for me to know this so I could understand my children and help my children understand the magic that they are um, on their own without constantly comparing themselves to everybody else. 
So the multiple intelligences theory is uh, that the human consists of eight different forms of intelligence. So we're kind of like a stew. You know, Peter, you might have more potatoes and I might have more carrots, but we're great the way they are, we are. So we're a combination of these eight different intelligences. And when you're aware of the intelligences that you're born um, to have mastery in, you can also use these to leverage. You can leverage these to build up ones that are a little bit more primitive. And this is incredibly powerful for people who, um, for different reasons in their life, aren't feeling uh, very good about themselves. And um, they all of a sudden realize that, wow, I am naturally good at something. So you might, you know, have a great neuroscientist, but you don't necessarily want to play racquetball with her. <laughs> so they might have the great... Um, uh, mathematical, logical intelligence, and not bodily kinesthetic. We're all, you know, little pieces of masterpieces, just different. Absolutely. And in my job as a school principal, uh, which essentially really measures um, the kids who, who have the uh, the writing and reading skill and, and the mathematical and skill, the rest of them aren't really covered in the classroom. And it's pretty frustrating for kids who have the other gifts of creativity and, and artistic and, and the bodily kinesthetic kids and some of the athletes that I you know worked with in school they just had this sixth sense when they were out on the games field of knowing where the ball was going to be going next and they just had this absolute natural spatial bodily kinesthetic connection which made them stars on the sports field but not, not on the written tests. Oh it's amazing Peter and working corporately I was amazed by how many self-made successful business people we have out there who would tell me, well, you know, I'm not really smart. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa on that. You know, and the formal education system is based on, as you said, uh, mathematical, logical, and um, verbal linguistics. So if you were high in those two, you probably left school feeling pretty smart. But um, you maybe didn't have all the six other intelligences. A lot of successful business people, especially entrepreneurs, were probably very high in those six, not high in those two. So they never felt school smart, but they went out there, made it. And then when they needed the verbal, linguistic, and mathematical, logical, they hired it. So it was a very freeing experience for them to learn about this theory, and it is in the book. And then there's also a site uh, where you can go and do a little quiz on your own. And when I run the soul spas, um, you know, some soul spas are all different. Um, the tools that we use in the soul spas are divinely guided and pulled up in cards by each of the participants. So sometimes, you know, multiple intelligence is pulled up. Sometimes it's forgiveness exercises. I never know, which is what's so exciting about it. Yet um, when it is the multiple intelligences, it's amazing to hear, you know, people just just feel elated about, hey, I am good at something. I do have brilliance. I do have mastery in something. You know, what a gift to give a human being. Absolutely. And the two, the two that are, 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 I, I consider the most important when we leave school are the intra and interpersonal Beautiful. Um, intelligences where we really do need to start looking at ourselves and who we are and also how we relate with other people, which is really at the heart of, of your work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Courage to Love Yourself, it's, it's a great title, and the mystery is, why, why do we have such a hard time loving ourselves? Oh, boy, that's such a, <laughs> such a big question. And, you know, a lot of it, what I, what I love, 
giving people is the ability to love what happened in their life, to, to realize that we're not meant to suffer and we're never alone. You know, life is nothing more than a, a school in which to learn. And if we can look at all of our life experiences and say, okay, what did I learn from that? If that was actually meant to come my way for me to learn something, what did I learn? And now how can I serve the world? How can I make the, better, the world a better place with now the gift of my learning? And when we can see life that way and when we can see that, you know, our you know, well-meaning society, well-meaning parents, well-meaning family of origin, well-meaning culture, you know, somewhat deviated me from my natural way of being. And we see that, you know what, they were all doing the best they could. <laughs> and when you start looking at life that way, it does free us up. It helps us unplug from, you know, the low frequencies of guilt and blame. And uh, we can love ourselves a little bit more. We're coming up to our first break, Janice, so that's a perfect time to stop and we'll continue with this very, very important discussion around having the courage to love ourselves on our return. Thank you. Better tongue for awakening to conscious co-creation. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. walk our true spiritual path at a time when the western world is fixated on material gain more people are now recognizing the emptiness which comes with this limited approach to life there is another way four years ago peter tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life he now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. What's it like? What's it like? It's lonely. It's really lonely. I miss my brother. I miss my brother. I'm surrounded by other people, but it's not the same. I've got other people around me, but it's not the same. It's pretty scary, but I don't let it it's rattle me. It's pretty scary around here, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to I'm get me. I'm always wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. 
gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. And I'm delighted to be back on the air with the show as a result of generous sponsorship from some business associates of Omega Global using zero-point energy to return the body to homeostasis. In other words, uh, when harmony and balance are in the body, uh, remarkable healing can take place. And I really am uh, grateful to the associates of Omega Global for supporting me. And you can find out all about Omega Global on September the 15th when one of their leading lights, Sam Adams, will be joining me on the show. Uh, now back to Janice, and I'm going to ask you, Janice, a little bit about how your book came about in the first place. Well, I was asked consistently for people, they'd say, geez, you know, you see the world differently, and it's a good thing, but do you have a, a book so I can read more, or can you write out what you just said? And I didn't have a book then, and when you're, when you're, you know you're here to serve, um, when you really want to serve, you always keep your eyes and ears open for the next thing, the next thing that you're being called to do. So um, I thought, I'll write a book. Oh, no pressure or anything. And I really just didn't know where to begin. So, um, But I knew in my place of knowing it had to be. So I um, filled the fridge and freezer with food for the family for the week. And I went up northern Ontario and uh, played my flute and mountain biked and meditated for a whole week. And I thought, well, the book will start. All I got out of that week was a poem. And I thought, great, a poem. What am I going to do with this? But then when I chilled out and just allowed everything to unfold, I realized the poem was incredible. It was the perfect blueprint for the book. Once I looked at the poem, I realized that everything that I wanted to put in the book became so apparent by just, you know, looking at each stanza of the poem. So um, I'd like to read the poem for you now because, and what I do is I have it on the back of the book. Um, I didn't put any testimonials from people on the back of the book. I just put the poem because I thought that's the real testimonial of what the book's about. If someone resonates with the frequency of the poem, then the book is for them. And if it doesn't, I don't want any false advertising, so I don't want <laughs> I don't want them to waste their money if they're not um, in harmony with the book anyway. So um, the poem is a really good summary of everything that we deal with in the book. So go and ahead, please do. Here read goes the poem. The poem. Okay. When you love yourself, you realize you're not meant to suffer, and you're never alone, as life is nothing but a school in which to learn. You accept the past for what it had to teach you, learning from the lessons and thanking the teachers along the way, forgiving ourselves for what we have done, the harm we have caused, letting that go and belonging in the now. When you love yourself, 
You learn to forgive those who didn't love you the way you wanted them to. They loved according to their own definition, and they did the best they knew how. Forgive and release them. Forgive and release yourself to experience your incredible potential to live, to love, to learn, to take chances, and to serve. When you love yourself, you celebrate what is, and you realize that possibly you're not ready for what isn't. We are all masterpieces in different stages of manifestation. Everything at every moment is exactly as it is meant to be. When you love yourself, you realize we're all here for profound purpose, to somehow, some way, make this world a better place. You have come perfectly equipped with the exact strength and the courage to challenge your shortcomings with joy and determination, for you are a unique orchestration of both. When you love yourself, you're willing to laugh at your fallacies and share your strengths, taking care of your being to ensure maximum energy for all. For all is powerful and all is possible when you love yourself. Janice, thank you. That's uh, that's a beautiful poem. Thank and you. I can see as you as you uh, created that over that week that it actually becomes a framework for the whole book and, and the programs that you have. That it does. <laughs> Great. Let's return back to um, a word you mentioned earlier because I think it's really really important in the work that you do, and you, and you talked about blame and guilt hmm. and. And, and let's talk a little bit about, or please do talk a bit about your experience with the necessary shift that people need to make in, in the blame game. Well, I find I find that people are making this shift now. I know the um, you know a lot of new frequencies are coming to this planet. I find that the sense of surrender. Um, the sense of paradigm shifting is coming quicker to people and they are tiring of blaming everybody and they just keep doing it for a while and they realize nothing's shifting. It's old. As one, <laughs> one fellow said to me, I've blamed everybody and it's getting old. What else is there? And um, I would say that that's what's happening collectively right now. And once they take personal responsibility and say, okay, well, maybe, maybe it's something with me. You know, I've, I'm tired of thinking everybody else is wrong. Maybe it is me. And if it was me, where would I begin? Who, who can help me with this kind of stuff? And um, that's exactly what I do. I just, like in Chapter 1, the very first thing I look at is you're not meant to suffer. And I teach them, you know, that suffering is, if you're suffering, it's just, you know, the divine's way of telling you that you're just off the mark a little bit. You know, when your front end of your car is out of, the, out of alignment, it keeps pulling to the left or something. It's the same with us. If you are suffering in any way, shape, or form, you're just out of alignment. Something's askew. You're not here. You, you weren't incarnated to be a failure. <laughs> you're here to have mastery and uh, to shine. So if, if you are suffering in some way, um, you're probably choosing it for some reason. It could be attachments. It's, um, there's so many reasons we suffer, and that's what we do in the first chapter is to look at, you know, why we suffer and that there are other ways. 
to looking at things. And I just offer those suggestions, and then people just kind of entertain it, and they're like, oh, that's an interesting way to look at the world. So it's very kind of um, very pragmatic, a little bit saucy, a little bit in your face, um, and also very loving. It's just like, hey, well, what do you think about this idea? What do you think about that idea? And, you know, and it just kind of rattles the cage a little bit, and then maybe some things that are no longer working dislodge. And this shift that takes place when people start looking at the world from the inside out and say, and, and say this, is, this is me, this is my responsibility, is actually the most empowering thing that you can do because then you take back control of your own inner world, which is actually the only thing you have control over. Exactly. And what, you know, one of the first um, illusions people realize is they think that they give away their power. It's impossible. It's like giving away your nose. Well, I guess you could, but (laughs) you you cannot give away your personal power. You just lock your heart up. Someone tells you you're not good enough or for some reason you think you're not good enough and you think, oh, they took away my personal power. No, no. You just cut off that little piece of heart. You just put down an iron gate. Boom, there it goes, crashing down for whatever reason, and you just lock up that little part of love for yourself. They didn't take anything. You gave it, but you can also take it back. It's, it's still yours. It just got locked away. I really like the way in the, in the book and, and obviously in your workshops that you talk about unresolved issues and the amount of energy that mm-hmm. those unresolved issues take up. Talk about that a little bit. Well, it's funny you mentioned that I just finished um, a soul spa at Swanwick Center in um, a chosen in Victoria, B.C. What an incredible venue. Krishnamurti did a lot of work there, and he actually had a school there, a wolf school. And um, that's one of the tools that came up, and it is an incredible process. Uh, what I have, it's a little stick man, and uh, so I get everybody to put uh, to draw an electrical cord coming out from the stick man's belly button, and uh, and plug the electrical cord into certain subjects that you're still plugged into. These subjects are unresolved, and unresolved means that Peter is simply unresolved, which means it's like in a little electrical circuit buzzing around. So every day we wake up in the morning with our energy, and we say, okay. Okay, good morning, Janice. May it's, you know, 7.30 in the morning and you have all of your energy. Now, what unresolved issues do we have to push down so that they don't bother you today? It's almost like pushing a beach ball under the water. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I still haven't really dealt with my dad's death in June. You know, I've got some uh, grief and regret there. Maybe there's 10% there. And uh, so I'm still plugged into that. And maybe another issue and another issue. And, And it's such a riot for people to draw these little electrical cords and name what they're plugged into and to give it a percentage. And then they start, you hear everyone start giggling and some will go, oh no, I've only got 5% left for my everyday self. And so it's a really um, a good exercise. And then we look at um, forgiving statements and it's an amazing, my belief is that the way of spirit is so simple. So simple and so effective. And uh, I've created forgiving statements that um, there's leader phrases, and then you just fill in the blanks. So whatever little plug that you plugged your stick man into, then with that in mind, with that whole situation in mind, you just fill out and complete a whole page of statements. 
and then you read it, and it just shifts these people so simply and so effectively that they can't even believe it. And that is my experience of the way of spirit. It is simple, and it's effective. And if your life is feeling complex, you're just out of alignment. And so then this use of these forgiveness tools... Uh, resolves the unresolved issues, freeing up more energy for you to utilize. Exactly, and I picture all of us, and that is the the whole purpose. And actually, we'll get back to that after this commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jan- Thanks for doing my job, Janice. We are indeed going to the next break. With Peter Tang for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure, what's up? Um, there's this girl I kind of like. Well, if there's one thing I know, it's women. Really? Well, they didn't call me velvet for nothing. I don't get it. Smooth. I was smooth. Oh. Anyway, it's easy. You just got to impress her. Show her how strong you are. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? I don't know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt, if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, try it. (laughs) See, there you go. And you should dress up. Start wearing a shirt and tie. I'll look like a dork. No, you'll look successful. Okay. And finally, you can start using my cologne. The ladies love it, so don't be shy. Splash it on. Thanks, Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To find out how you can adopt, please visit our website at adoptuskids.org or call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tong left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm. The Awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. 
Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. I just want to let you know of the Ambassador of Light's coaching call tomorrow evening at 5.30. This is through the www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and the Ambassadors of Light program, which you can join for the first month free. And tomorrow's uh, coaching call, I'm going to be talking about the ancients and what they were really doing in creating stone circles, the pyramids and other structures, as well as working with natural sacred sites. And that's going to lead into a discussion around the discovery that William Henry has made about the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., which is absolutely remarkable. And so if you are interested in this, portals to the gods, then uh, tune into My Heart Center Journey and join me on my uh, spiritual journey on the Ambassadors of Light program tomorrow evening, Thursday at 5.30. And I actually will have William Henry on the show on Wednesday, October the 13th, which will be a great occasion. Back now to you, Janice, and today's show. And um, we were talking just before the break about how forgiveness uh, is, is, is the tool that you use to help people resolve unresolved issues that they're carrying around and it's costing them energy on a daily basis to hold on to those unresolved issues. And then through forgiveness processes, then they can start freeing up this energy. Just, just continue with that discussion. Thank you, Peter. Well, actually, on the, the bigger picture is um, my vision is that everybody who reads the book, at the end of the book, I can guarantee at least they've had one shift, probably one one old belief has been identified and they've been able to release it, at least one. And I see people finishing the book and uh, and hopefully having a chance to experience a soul spa. And uh, they're sitting there with all of the electrical cords that they had plugged into all of these old unresolved issues and old beliefs. And they're sitting there with all of those electrical plugs unplugged and sitting in their lap. And they're sitting there and saying, okay, great. Now I have so much more energy. What can I do now? What am I supposed to do now? And that's why it's really important that the last two chapters, actually chapters six and seven, are all about life purpose and taking all of our life experiences, all of our natural strengths, um, experiences, uh, our personality preferences, everything. And, uh, and I call it uh, giving all we've got to life purpose. So to look at all the lessons we've learned, all the challenges we've overcome, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and saying, okay, how can I use these to make the world a better place? If, I was, if everything that's happened to me is for a purpose, how can I take then all these lessons and, uh, and serve somehow, um, serve humanity? And um, it's very interesting because when you deal with life purpose, at first, even when you mention it, some people go, life purpose, oh my goodness, that's for famous people, that's for people like way bigger than me. So that's the first thing you have to deal with is we all have a life purpose or our life's purpose. And, um, you know, our life's purpose can be, you know, creating the perfect toothbrush or, or having the best coffee shop that brings joy to people. There's so many incredible life purposes, and they're, they're all perfect. So do you, do you, in fact, find that people, when they, as you, as you say, sort of shift from being, I'm, I'm too small to have a life purpose, to actually begin to realize that your life's purpose 
which is bigger perhaps than you envisioned in the first place, can be achieved for a wide variety of different mediums. Um, do, you, do you actually see people make that shift to realize that they can make a difference in the world? Absolutely, and that's funny you mentioned that one. Uh, in the book, I do identify the common reasons we don't do our life purpose, and sometimes we're just afraid uh, or we don't feel we deserve it or we, we haven't uh, been aware that we're even allowed to have one and we're not aware of strengths and challenges. And uh, one very important reason is because we feel that what what we're compelled to do um, what we're destined to help with is too big, and we just get overwhelmed, and we go to the low frequencies of, you know, apathy, and we acquiesce, and we just say, oh, whatever. And now, but then people, when they're conscious of that, the, this whole thing is just helping people to become conscious, just to become aware of what's holding them back. And once they're aware of it, they can deal with it. So then they realize, oh, yeah, it is a huge issue, without a doubt. But look at I can I bet you I can Google and find a group of like-minded people immediately. And once they're conscious of it, then they're like, okay, I can do this. But it's just bringing forward that consciousness. And that's really what the book does. It just gives, you know, some of the, the most common things I've run into that keep people playing small. And I just mention them in a very um, practical, real-life way. I am um, very in the world. I don't uh, live in a, in a cave and meditate all the time. I'm very much uh, in the real world. And so I talk about things in a very real-world way. And they can identify with, oh, yeah, this is the one here that's keeping me small. How did she know that? And quite often I'll get people telling me, you know, Janice, you were talking about, um, you know, um, being off the mark is the reason I'm suffering. It could be something like that. And I was able to dodge your theory on that point, and I was able to dodge your real-life story. But then when you came up with those courageous questions, you got me right in the forehead. <laughs> so there's, you know, many different ways in the book that it can just, just it, it's just kind of like, hmm, what do you think? Do you think this belief is holding you back? And it's just a way for people to identify if it is, and maybe it's not. When people are, are actually ready to, to make this conscious connection, one of the questions that I find is, is often a challenging one for them is how, how do you make this conscious connection uh, to spirit uh, beyond the physical realm? How do we actually begin to make this connection? Mm. And I know that you use uh, divining cards as, as one of your methods. Mm -hmm. So just describe how that works uh, for the listeners to get a sense of how you can begin this conscious co-creation. Well, it's so funny. I, I didn't realize before this show, Peter, that you called your show Conscious Co-Creation because that's exactly um, what I describe. I call my soul spas, obviously. They're, they're retreats. They run from Friday, usually about 6 at night till Sunday, about 5. And um, I call them soul spas because a lot of people go to a spa or they do things for themselves, but they don't do anything for their connection to source. Um, I work with a lot of people who are atheists, so they don't believe in the divine, but they do believe in their own connection to their own source. So whatever you want to call it, God, spirit, hey you, it's um, whatever um, you connect to. And um, what I teach them is when they call about the course, in the book, the book is filled with all sorts of uh, tools that 
um, help people. They're coaching tools, you can call them. And they help people find different ways of looking at the world that fit better. When I run the courses, I don't want to put together a cookie-cutter example of what we do in a weekend. I teach the people how through using the divining cards, the divining cards are based on the tools that are in the book. On the um, One of the first exercises we do is I help them connect to the divine or whatever it is they need to connect to. And from this place of connection, they shuffle their energy into the divining cards and draw the card that represents the tool that they, one of the tools that they need to work on during the whole soul spa for their highest evolution. And we call that card the North Star card. And um, what happens then at that point is amazing because some people will draw the same card so they buddy up and there's some common themes in the cards that are drawn. So for me, it is just a wonderful experience because before the course starts, I do my due diligence. I have all my worksheets ready, all my supplies, everything ready, that I'm ready to go with whatever tool comes up. Then everybody arrives and I just allow. I get out of the way and let spirit enter and um, just keep intending for the highest good of all and for the highest evolution of all. And it's a soul spa for them and a huge soul spa for me also. It's a really, really important point that you're making is that when we have the retreats and gatherings and we tend to, to really want to focus on, and get, get the structure in place and get everything done properly, uh, and what you're really saying is that once we've, we establish that before we actually begin, we then allow spirit to take over and guide us. So just give us, give us an overview then of what a typical um, three-day workshop would look like over the course of the three days. Um, it would be um, the whole Friday night of orientation and me getting everybody's uh, chakras open, uh, especially the third eye and the crown is quite often blocked, and uh, then getting the heart chakra open and getting everybody grounded into the venue. I always do a lot of work on the venue also, and, and there's not many venues that are um, appropriate for this kind of work. I do have my own healing studio uh, in a small town an hour northeast of Toronto. Uh, right, It's a resort, a little quiet resort town called Port Perry, and that whole place is profoundly... Um, appropriate for soul spas, and Swanwick was also wonderful. And uh, then Friday night is really getting them wide open, totally uh, connected with source and uh, helping them find their North Star. Then while they're all tucked in at bed at night, I, I find the similarities and what tools need to be done. Uh, and I'm listening the whole time. So when they come Friday from the very first words, of how they introduce themselves, how they say, you know, how their journey led them to this uh, soul spot together, the card they chose with spirit, and then also their interpretation of the card. That's a huge amount of information. And from that, I know what tools are to be used in a soul spa. We're coming up to our final break now, Janice, so uh, we'll return and look at the bigger picture. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. 
do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away, but then... Time passes, and the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine, and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because, after a stroke, every minute you don't get help is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately, because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host Peter Tung. And I just want to take this opportunity to once again thank my sponsors from Omega Global supporting me in uh, in this show and having the wonderful opportunity to talk about conscious co-creation with my fantastic guests. And today, Janice, I just wanted you to, to follow up, um, to talk a little bit about once people have come to terms with themselves and realize that they have a higher purpose, what this higher purpose is in the bigger picture of the global community and moving towards supporting members of humanity and the planet itself. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I did notice, um, Peter, is that actually I, I had uh, my first book ready to go. It was called Courage to Parent. And then all of a sudden this book from my place of knowing just burst forward, and I thought, what is going on? Where is this book coming from? And then I realized, how can I help people parent any better when they have no extra energy? They're just exhausted. And I realized that when they get people to love themselves, 
they release old things they're plugging into, and there they are sitting with a little bit more energy. And that little bit more energy of self-love, then they can use to love others and the planet. And so that's kind of my hidden agenda, as hidden as I get, that, uh, you know, the purpose of this book is to have people with more energy sitting in their lap and saying, you know, how can I serve? And um, the most important thing, obviously, that I believe we need to serve is our species and the planet. And uh, we need to give them back some energy so that they have energy to uh, support the planet. And this is something that's very important to myself. We live in a grid tie home um, just outside of Toronto. And uh, we live very sustainably. The book is as environmentally uh, peaceful as possible. So it's a real dedication of mine, and it's something that we discuss in Chapter 8 of uh, that, you know, when people think, oh, I'm going to throw something out, there is no out. (laughs) There is no out. That we need to be responsible, and when we love ourselves and and then grow in love, you can't help but start to love the planet and, and all the species. And then we start taking responsibility to be stewards of this planet. And that's everything that Chapter 8 is about, being stewards, recognizing our water, recognizing everything we're doing with this, with this beautiful woman that we live upon. And the wonderful thing is that more and more people are indeed waking up and, and awakening to this higher level of consciousness and awareness, which is phenomenal. Are you finding that in your journey, actually? Absolutely, and I think uh, for us that are awake, I think one of the most profound things we can do is do anything to reconnect people with nature, Um, and you have it out here in BC so beautifully, so many parks, and uh, it was Dr. Maria Montessori really believed in the uh, program of getting children to garden and have a relationship with nature, because it's proven that anything that we have a sense of familiarity with or that we do love, we will take care of. So if we can do anything to get people more connected to nature, uh, there will be more stewardship. So Janice, just uh, let our listeners know about your work and, and where they can connect with you if they're interested in either taking a course or reading the book or listening to the CDs. Just okay, thank you. I do have, um, for the BC listeners, uh, my books and CDs and cards are available at Full Circle, uh, eight. 1800 Store Street, right down by um, by the Chintz Store and the Big Value Village and uh, Canoe Restaurant. I think they're all there. And then you can also find about retreats on www.couragetolove.ca. And if you'd like to, you can also go on that and subscribe to our weekly Courage message. And also on that are all workshops. And uh, I also have um, a training program that helps people learn how to use all these tools and then run these in their own coaching practice and run their own retreats. So that's all available online, too. Super. Thank you. Now, uh, probably a final word, I'm I'm guessing. I think we're coming up to the end of the show. Mm. Um, I'm really interested to know how the corporate world receives you when you go to do your workshops with corporate business. Um, They are just normal people like the rest of us, Um, very much in need of love, very much missing love also. I'm somewhat uncomfortable with it, though, corporately. I have been asked in some large corporations I work with to stop hugging, which I don't. (laughs) (laughs) And um, and what's interesting is in a very short period of time, um, if I go there, and I might be busy when they first come in a room, 
later on they'll say, I didn't get my hug. So we really do want to get along. We really do want to love. We need leaders, which is why, you know, it's time for all the teachers to stand up and teach whatever they're here to teach because people do want to learn and they do want to love. Those are great, uh, great concluding uh, words from you, Janice, because uh, absolutely it's true that we are all human beings who all, at the end of the day, want to be accepted and loved. I, I really appreciate you joining me for the show today. You've given us a, a great deal to think about, and please keep up the great work. Thank you. And can I finish with just one quote from Mother Teresa? It's the first quote in the book. The only cure for loneliness, despair, and hopelessness is love. There are many in the world who are dying for a piece of bread, but there are many more dying for a little love. Beautiful. Thank you so much indeed. That's a a lovely way to finish the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Okay. Thank you, Peter. A beautiful discussion with Janice Parbiainen today and please do go and visit her website and her material is a really good uh, structured way of, of, of learning to love yourself. My guest next week is going to be Karen Good who has written a fascinating book called Kids Who See Ghosts and she is going to be talking all about the ways in which uh, children have experienced the spirit world in all sorts of different ways and how we can best support them. And I know from, from my own work with children who have uh, extraordinary experiences, it's a very, very uh, significant discussion we're having. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Please sign up for my monthly newsletter at petertongue.com. Follow me on Twitter. Join the Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation Facebook group or join my mon- monthly mailing list for regular updates. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. I hope you have a wonderful week. found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.